Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Sounds of the week right there brought to you by Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home, and right now Zero Res is cleaning carpets for just $33 per room. Mention Jake from The Zone, and you'll get a fourth room for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your cleaning. We're broadcasting live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway, right here in Orem. Price is so low. It'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. So let's get to your daily assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist is brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. From the Bleacher Report, he's the one and only Howard Beck. What's going on, Howard? Gentlemen, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, we're doing all right. Uh, The Jazz are down in Orlando. They'll have their second practice today, Howard. And I know it's only the first week of this experiment, but your take on how it's going so far. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not there, and I don't intend to be there. Um, And, uh, you know, look, all, all we can do is judge from afar. It seems like so far so good. Seems like these guys are finding ways to keep themselves amused uh, during quarantine. Um, sure, they'll you know get all the food you know things uh, straightened out, and I guess the meals are going to improve as as they go along. But I mean, in terms of practices, I, we're not going to see any practices. Not that we saw much even during normal times. Uh, in terms of how it's all going to go, I, we won't really know until they start playing games in a few weeks, and then we'll see. We have asked you uh, throughout, Howard, how you, how you have taken a bit of a cautious approach to this whole thing. Are you seeing any red flags, any, uh, any additional concerns uh, based on the information that's coming across your desk? I mean, the red flags have been flying for a couple of weeks because of the increase in cases across the country, the increase in cases, especially in Florida and in central Florida and in, in the Orlando area, where the restart is happening. So, you know, the NBA flew in at a time when things have never been worse in the region where they just flew into. Mm-hmm. That that in itself is a big red flag. Whether that's going to impact any of these players or NBA personnel, we won't know right away. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, did somebody catch the virus and is pre-symptomatic or asymptomatic on their way in and we just don't know it yet? That's possible. They're going to get tested every day, but, you know, hey, you have false negatives. Um, if something's going to fall through the cracks, we won't know until we know. We won't know until there's a report that somebody is suddenly out. And we might not even know why a guy is out, because there's also a lot of privacy concerns from the union to not necessarily disclose when someone has tested positive. So this is putting, you know, everybody in, in a bit of a quandary. Like, how, how are we going to know? when a player has been quarantined because they somehow caught the virus in the bubble or brought it into the bubble. Um, it's not clear to me how that's going to work. 
But the red flags have been there all along in terms of the conditions in the surrounding area. It's bad there. It's really bad. The cases, you know, are, are sky high. Um, deaths are starting to go up again. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's no telling where it goes from here. But, you know, the, the NBA's got everybody down there, and they'll, they'll start moving along and see how it goes. Howard Beck with us from the Bleacher Report on the Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Last week when we talked to you, Howard, Donovan Mitchell had spoken about his relationship with Rudy Gobert. Since then, we've heard from Rudy himself and Tim McMahon of ESPN.com released a kind of an in-depth story on their relationship. Not sure if, if you saw it, but your thoughts on, on, on Donovan and Rudy and what you've heard about uh, them proceeding as teammates. Yeah, I mean – Great story by Tim McMahon, and, you know, credit to Rudy Gobert for being willing to, to talk about it, what to me seemed to be very candidly. You know, it didn't seem like he was just sticking to platitudes or um, or anything else. Like, he seemed very, very honest about all of it. And I think, you know, this is just me, you know, playing pop psychologist, but uh, self-awareness is a really important thing between – um, or, or for anybody, but when you've got conflict between people, you've got conflict between teammates, the self-awareness is really important because if, if, if Rudy and, and Donovan, too, for that matter, can recognize where the issues are and, and where their own responsibility is in any tensions between them, then they can iron it out. And, you know, it's one thing to get past the, the virus, which, you know, it, you know, who knows where either of them got it, and they'll never know for sure. And if Donovan thinks he got it from Rudy and that's part of the tension, like, I don't know how you dispel that. But when it comes to other aspects of this, the, the actual basketball and, 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 you know, Rudy being someone who, who sometimes can be hard on teammates if he thinks he, he was missed when he was open, um, and Donovan being with the one who controls the ball a lot of the time, like those are, those are things you can iron out. And, and, again, you know, maturing and evolving as a player, self-awareness, being able to discuss these things openly, that's, that's the key to all that. And, you know, we've seen these things go both ways in the NBA. Sometimes these guys figure it out and iron out the tensions and, and under, find out, you know, if, you know how, to, how best to maximize each other. And sometimes they can't get past it. Um, we'll, we'll see with these guys. And, and we'll see, you know, I think as I said last week, a lot of the um, – I think a lot of the reason the story fest maybe became even bigger than it than it might have been otherwise is that there was there were no games that these guys weren't around each other to iron it out they weren't playing games to try to iron it out and they also weren't around to talk about it because everybody was was in limbo so playing games starting in a few weeks assuming that happens <laughs> um will teach us a lot more it will tell us a lot more about the state of their relationship and their chemistry on the court Man, I'll tell you what we've been hearing from the players that are on the Jazz. They are optimistic. It's almost like uh, what you hear before the beginning of a season. There seems to be a lot of optimism amongst this group. So, I mean, I don't really think the Jazz have much of a shot as far as really contending. But let me say it to you this way, Howard. If you were a betting man, would you take either the Bucks? And the, or the Lakers, or w- uh, together, either one, or the field, as far as how this is going to turn out. Oh, if it's if it's if it's those two versus the field, I'll take those two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the my default response has been that 
the the favorites as as of March 11th when the season shut down should probably still be the favorites today. Those are the teams that had the best talent. Those are the teams we readily identified even before the season as the best teams. Lakers, Bucks, Clippers are in there too, and you know that that's where you begin the discussion. But after three and a half, four months off, who knows what anybody looks like? And who knows what it means that teams don't have home court advantage or away court jitters as the Sixers had all season or whatever the heck was going on with them on the road. So because we have all these other weird variables and things that we've never seen before, you can default to the teams that have the best talent, and that's, a, that's probably a, a perfectly logical way to go. But – I do think that this may be an equalizer. I think the combination of all the time off, all the downtime, the fact that no one has any momentum, there is no momentum. You know, there's no, there's no peaking before the playoffs. There's no being in sync. Like, nobody's going to be in sync. So if you, if you take all those things and you throw them out and you throw out the home court stuff and you throw out the fact there's no fans and you, 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 you put all these things into the mix, you can make a really strong case that maybe the field is, is much wider. And I had uh, – I had Kenny Smith from TNT on my podcast earlier in the week, and he listed nine contenders. <laughs> um, the two L.A. teams in Milwaukee, which were you know, the obvious ones when, when uh, things shut down. Um, and then I think he threw in Boston, Philly, Toronto. That's six. He had Houston and Dallas for sure. That's seven, eight. Who was the ninth? And then maybe Denver. I don't, I don't think he had Utah on, the, on, his, on his list. Um, but he, he listed nine teams, and I can't even really argue the point. I mean, I think I'd argue it on Dallas. I don't think Dallas is really in the mix there. Um, but it, somebody gets hot, someone gets on a roll, and because of all these other weird factors, I mean, I wouldn't rule out anything. Howard Beck is with us uh, from the Bleacher Report on uh, on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You you mentioned Dallas, and you wouldn't throw them into that contender status. I, I don't think I would either, but but give us your take on them. Is 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 Luka good enough that they could be dangerous, or is the experience factor going to come into play, or is this one of those great unknowns you're referring to? Well, I think there's a few things where it's like Dallas, just, it's not quite – they're not quite there yet. Like they're on, they're on the rise and they're absolutely like, they're a fun team. They're a really, really good team. They're a team that gets the most Rick Carlisle always gets the most out of his players and then they get the most out of that, that group. But one, yeah, Luca's only in his second year Two, Porzingis is, is not even gotten a full season in, in the last couple of years after coming back from the ACL and had some ups and downs this season, but was looking pretty good. And I, I think, they can become a, a, an incredible one-two punch and, and have already shown signs of that. But the, the, the reasons I wouldn't start betting on them to make a deep run in the playoffs, one, the youth and inexperience and, and lack of, of being tested at, at that level. And I know, listen, Luca's got a, a, an incredible amount of high-level competition experience overseas, but NBA playoffs are different. Um, and then on top of that, their supporting cast, I mentioned that Carlisle gets the most out of them, but it's not. It, 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 this is not the strongest supporting cast, and your depth really starts to matter in in the playoffs. Um, I, I don't know that they really have an, enough. You know, when when you're talking three through eight, three through nine, but look, they're they're a lot of fun. They they definitely have really good talent at the top. Luke is a future MVP, I think, and you know this this postseason I don't think is their time, but it's coming soon. 
Maybe this is a question, Howard, for two or three years from now. But I'm curious about the Pelicans. What do you think of Zion Williamson, and, and what do you think uh, the future looks like there? Well, I was really high on them to start the season, even if Zion was only just pretty good. <laughs> um, unfortunately, he was just injured instead. Um, but when he came back, he was he was fantastic. But I liked what they were building anyway because the combination of young guys with Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, the guys they got from the Lakers, obviously in the AD trade. You throw in some veterans like J.J. Redick and Derek Favors, who you guys know well. And then you put Zion in there. Drew Holiday's fantastic, really underrated, perennially underrated, great two-way guard. And it's just a good mix of, of youth and veterans and I think some versatility in the lineup. And then Brandon Ingram had this this – Phenomenal season where he, he really blossomed and, and made the all-star team. Um, I just think there's a lot of potential. Like, like I don't even have to just to put this in terms of Zion. It doesn't even have to be about whether or not Zion's going to live up to all of the hype. It's look at all the rest. Ingram's an all-star. Lonzo Ball obviously has had some hiccups early in his career and some injuries, but he's still an incredibly gifted passer and his, his shot's improving and he's a really good defender. Like, I, there's just a really great collection of talent there. So, no, I'm, I'm high on the Pelicans. Um, you know, Zion, it'll be interesting only because of, of all the usual concerns. You know, can he stay healthy? Is all that explosiveness also potential, potentially a detriment? Um, will he, you know, we, we, you know we, we need to see a full season of him dominating the way he was in the 20-plus games that he played. But that's it. We only have 20-plus games to base it on right now. Howard, as always, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Talk to you soon. Okay. That's our friend Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report. He joins us each and every Friday right here on uh, the Big Show, part of your daily assist, brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Uh, it, let's let's combine our last two questions to Howard there, Gordon. Who uh, do you think has more potential long-term as it stands right now, Dallas or New Orleans? I think I would go with Dallas, but – I'll tell you, the Pelicans could be interesting to watch for a long time. I guess uh, that question might boil down to who you uh, buy as more of a you know, rev- revolutionary impact player, Doncic or, or Zion. It would be interesting to see who ends up uh, being the more impactful player. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Well, right now, more evidence leads um, toward uh, Luka, doesn't it? Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's not fair with the injury and he is designed as a rookie, right? Yeah. But I, uh, where are you at on Porzingis? Are you a Porzingis guy? Uh, I have been at times. I mean, early in his career, I thought, remember because when he was drafted, remember the reaction of the Knicks fans? Yeah, didn't they? Having a fit. And he turned out to be pretty darn good. I I think that uh, Rick Carlisle is going to get a lot out of him. Because, uh, as Howard mentioned there, he's he's a heck of a coach. So I would expect those two to uh, to be able to lead that franchise in a real positive direction moving forward. Yeah, Porzingis, the only thing Phil Jackson uh, did that was good as a as a general <laughs> manager. But uh, but here's the thing: I I think with Porzingis, it depends on what position you play at. Yeah, where that's he plays. true. I think he's got to play outside. He's got to be, I don't know if you want to say a wing guy, but, I mean, that's where he's unique, and I think that's where he's impactful. When he's had to play center, it's it's not 
it doesn't play into his strengths because he's a little bit of a soft player sometimes, and he's not a particularly good rebounder. I remember when he was with the Knicks and he was playing at that big position and he matched up against Rudy, and uh, you can imagine what a long night that was for Porzingis. So I, I think that's why they signed Willie Cauley-Stein. I think that's why they've been trying to find a, a big to pair with him so that, that he doesn't have to play that position. You know, when uh, when Howard was talking about the teams that uh... – who is it, Kenny Smith? Yeah. Uh, but included as uh, as contenders. I, I I just noticed how he didn't have the Jazz, and that's not really shocking right now because the last power rating I saw of the Jazz of the 22 teams in the bubble, they had him at like 14th. Uh, I think uh, with uh, Bogdanovich out – and with what's going on between Rudy and, and Donovan, I, I really think that people are just sort of saying, eh, not good enough, not giving them any chance whatsoever. I wonder how jazz fans feel about that. It's not that I would, like I said to Howard, I, I don't have them on my list of real contenders right now. An opportunity is there for them to show that they're better than what are are considering them to be. Before the season started, they were probably getting too much praise. And now, maybe they're not getting enough. And this is what I base that on. I, I think the Jazz have been conscientious in staying in shape, and not that the other teams haven't. But I really expect Mike Conley to be better than he's been. I, I do, and it, they'll they'll need him to be to have any kind of real shot at all. All right, we're live at the Warehouse 86 East University Parkway. Come on by. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. Tom, let's talk about some of those great deals right now. Jake, we have some incredible things. We've been talking all day about it. I'm going to get back to these uh, gemstone company tables because it's such a good deal. We've got this solid 2.5-inch solid wood core table. Uh, internet price twenty six hundred bucks. Hunt sale for fifteen hundred dollars. Table only. I'm going to do table and four chairs for four hundred ninety nine dollars. There's only two of each color left. Two colors to choose from. But it's really an incredible deal. Then we've got this great big beautiful hundred and eight inch dining room table. Itself is normally thirty two hundred bucks. The sale price is nineteen hundred dollars. I'm going to do five ninety nine table. And four chairs. And then I want to talk again about the cute, really cute, mid-century classic, real leather. And it's kind of a light gray, so it's very contemporary. Uh, normally $2,900. We're going to give you the sofa for $1,299 and give you a, a, let's call it a TI or an and one. All right. Sofa and love for twelve ninety nine, and then the brown reclining sectional with the LED lights. It's regular uh, thirty four hundred bucks, twelve ninety nine. This is a deal. So if you're looking for that perfect TV room, family room, uh, family sitting sectional, uh, this is a fun one c- because one. of the recliners. And then let's don't forget the queen adjustable bed. With mattress for four hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, that price will not last. Uh, I've got two two left at that price, and then the price goes up. So come and see us. 
Uh, we're here in Orem. We'll be here till 7 today and tomorrow. And don't forget, anybody who buys an adjustable bed, the Big Show, Jake or Gordon, I'm going to give you free mattress protectors. You will not get them if you don't mention the Big Show. All right, mention the Big Show. Boom, 86 East University Parkway. It is the warehouse. We have uh, kind of an update to Gordon's column yesterday, some figures being released today. We'll get to them coming up next on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All I can taste is champagne When it hits the brain like cocaine Spinning around and round I can't get up without your help I'm Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake down. Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. By the way, Band of the Day today is Sugar Cult, selected by Austin and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. Sugar Cult. Gordon, you know what? If, if you had a band, I bet it would be named Cheese Cult. <laughs> yes. That's a little cheesy. Wow. Wow. What's your go-to cheese right now? Oh, lately I've been going with the medium cheddar. Getting into the medium cheddar just straight, or are you uh, are you uh, cutting it with something? Oh, you... oh, jeez! <laughs> Not going to be able to leave that alone. No, I I've been eating the cheese maybe with some crackers, or I had some cheese on a sandwich for lunch today that I made for myself. Did In you? fact, today I made a sandwich for myself. And I made a sandwich for my lovely wife. Hmm. I don't believe you, but okay. I did. I did, and it tasted darn good. I was surprised because usually it tastes better when she makes them. Uh, Gordon, you wrote a column yesterday. We uh, we talked about it on the show. You're critical of Larry Scott. I heard you ask Mark Harlan uh, about Larry this morning, and he was pretty high on on Larry Scott and his performance. But well, uh, what's he little... gonna say? That's one of those situations where someone says something you gotta read between the lines. Uh we did get uh, uh some information released today, Gordon. Uh data for the financial data for the two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen financial year for the Pac twelve. Here's mm-hmm. the figures, uh Gordon. Five hundred and thirty million dollars in total revenue. $387 million in distribution. Revenues were up 7% over the previous year, while distribution up 9%. On average, Pac-12 schools received $32.2 million, uh, which uh, in comparison to the SEC over the same year, Gordon, they distributed $44.6 million. Uh, the Big Ten uh, gave out, uh, let's see here, I, I'm going from Josh Newman's report, by the way, in the Trib. Uh, the Big Ten gave out $54 million to its 12 longest-standing members for 2018, while the Big 12 gave out 30, uh, $38.8 million per school over the same time period. So there yeah, are I just wonder, there. I, I wonder what a, what, a, what a program like a school like USC thinks about those Big Ten numbers. I know we we talked about that uh, a little bit yesterday. How long are the the big brands in the Pac-12 are going to be um, okay with that kind of revenue uh, discrepancy? I'm missing out on $22 million. That's a lot. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I yes, know. Yes, it is. Uh, but it 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 comes back to uh comes back to the leadership with with Larry Scott and and part of me uh, has a little patience with Larry, and part of me doesn't. And can I explain that, Gordon? You see where mm-hmm. I'm coming from? 
So, Larry, was uh, the Pac-12 was the first to sign the giant media rights deal back in 2010. They were kind of the first the first league to go. We remember all being blown away at the total uh, dollar figure. Uh, you know, it seemed so huge at the time, and they set the market. And so it's only natural that other conferences are going to come in over top after the Pac-12 set that. I mean, after all, the SEC and the Big Ten's value is probably more than the Pac-12, Gordon. Uh, but the problem comes in the distribution. The The length of the deal was probably a little bit long, and the distribution where they have to take so much off the top to cover all the expenses of the league, that, I think, is, is really the big problem. This number here where $530 million in total revenue, $387 million in distribution. The, right. the overhead for the league is just ridiculous. That's mm-hmm. where if that's where I'd be the most frustrated if I were somebody like USC. Be like, okay, I got it. You're locked into the deal you signed back in 2010, and maybe we're a little undervalued now, and maybe we were a little overvalued at the beginning. The part I would be frustrated with is is the the operational costs because they're way higher than they should be. Well, you got a commissioner who's making more than any other commissioner, and you got office space in San Francisco that's costing you over eight million dollars a year. Oh, and a, a TV network that is just an anchor. Yeah, that yeah. that is it's a bunch of money to to operate because I, you know, Gordon, I know you're you're glued to the 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 Pac-12 network twenty four seven, but it, it, you watch it for ten minutes and you'll realize they're not exactly swimming in ad revenue. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a problem. And believe me, the presidents in the league have taken notice. And uh, Larry Scott does have a couple of allies still, but uh, there's a bunch of new administrators in the league, and I, I, I think they're getting – they've had their fill. Uh, I really think they're bothered now. And if you're missing out on $22 million every year, uh, that five years, uh, that's uh, well over – a hundred million dollars, man. That that's money that these universities could use. You know, the twenty million is an incredible gap. That's obviously ridiculous. Twenty million per year. But the, but would we be critical if it were five million per year, ten million per year? Because you've got to agree with me that the Big Ten and the SEC both have more value than the Pac twelve does right now. But but should they? This gets back um, to the question that we talked about about okay, what's What's the cause? What's the effect? Does the uh, does the does the fact that the 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 Pac-12 is suffering a bit on the field uh, is that related to the the loss of money? Well, I mean, it seems to me like the Pac-12 should be in the same neighborhood as the Big Ten, but it's not, not even close. Yeah, but I I mean, think about it here for a second, Gordon. I mean, there's just there's more interest in college football in the Big Ten and the SEC. There's more eyeballs. There's more interest. I mean, that's 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 a fact. So I mean, I just think when you're talking about team, you got uh, you got schools in L.A., huge market. You got schools in Phoenix. You got schools uh, in Seattle. I mean, those are the West Coast. And this is funny that I'm saying this now because when I lived down there, I always noticed sort of a chip on the shoulder of many of the administrators involved in school programs. They felt as though there was an East Coast bias against the West Coast. And uh, that, that sounds kind of funny. 
for people in this part of the country uh, because people here think that the West Coast gets a lot of the advantages. But they feel like the, there is a slant. And uh, I don't know. I, may, I haven't made a study of the population centers in in the Big Ten footprint uh, versus uh, in the Pac-12. All I know is that Larry Scott has always talked as though the Pac-12 is on top of the world, and it's not. Well, I mean, Larry Scott is um, is a uh, let's see, how can I put this? He is a world class BS artist. <laughs> it, you know, words come out of the mouth, but I don't know. You know, he has a, an ability to uh, to paint a rosy picture, regardless of of what he's talking about but but you, you know you mentioned la gordon you know if there's a university in a giant market and nobody cares does you know does that carry the same weight i mean i've i've been to a game at the rose bowl when ucla is playing and you know it wasn't full well, it wasn't, well you're not you're not gonna fill up the rose bowl come on well i mean, uh, I mean the lincoln nebraska is a tiny city in a in a uh, not a very densely populated state and they fill a, you know, what? how big is their stadium? 90,000, 95? And they do it every week. Yeah, I suppose. I um, mean, like, like if you look at, at the SEC and you look at their footprint, you know, there's a lot of people that, that live in that part of the country, but not necessarily like California. But the care factor is so much higher, it creates more value. But would the care factor be higher if the teams were better? Well, I mean, back to my Nebraska argument and realizing that it's a different part of the country. When was the last time Nebraska was good? And they still sell out that, that stadium. When was the have last you, time have Tennessee you been, have was you been good? To, have you been to Lincoln? I mean, what, uh, I have. What, what else is there to do there in terms of sports? But exactly my point. I mean, I, it, you know, there's, there's a lot to do in the western United States. There's a lot to do in California. There's a lot of other um, uh, things vying for your attention in the West. I guess that's part of my point. There's more value in college football in the Big Ten because, and the, the SEC because everybody's focused on it because they're not, you know, going to Disneyland or, or any of the number of, of other things there are to do. In but when you're, states. when I you're mean, talking about programs like USC, UCLA, Regardless of what you said about how many people attend the games, I mean, there's still sixty, seventy thousand people there often. Uh, when you have Stanford, when you have Washington, uh, you have schools like that, man. You should be able Arizona State. Uh, you should be able to. Uh, there's a lot of eyeballs there in those markets. Yeah, but nobody goes to Arizona State games. Nobody goes to Stanford games. Nobody goes to Cal games. I just, think, I just think when you're talking about a market like Los Angeles, it's there are people who are aware of the program. There are reasons to be involved in sponsorship and whatnot. But in Lincoln, Nebraska, there is there's what, what else? What else is there? You know, and in 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 Los Angeles, you got you got pro teams. You got two pro professional football teams. You got you got all kinds of competition there, but it doesn't mean there isn't value to the programs. I, I agree. There is some value there. But I'll, here, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of what we're talking about, Gordon. When, um, when Utah first joined the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 network was just getting started and the, the uh, lack of deal with DirecTV was headline news, right? Right. Uh-huh. And I remember the first game that the Pac-12 network had 
basically kept for themselves, like a tier one game. They get so many a year that they get to kind of keep, right? Mm-hmm. And I, the game was USC and Cal. I'm pretty sure it was, it was two California teams, two major markets. I'm pretty sure it was USC and Cal. And I thought, watch this. A deal with DirecTV is going to get done <laughs> right at the 11th hour because they they want to broadcast uh, these games in these big markets. They can't miss out on the San Francisco and L.A. markets. There's no way. And then you look at it, and the deal still isn't done 10 years later because the truth is they can live without those markets because the, the interest is not – it does not move the needle like it does in other parts of the country. Well, I, I'm not sure that's really the reason. I mean, when you have okay, – Austin probably knows this because he's Mr. Know-it-all. I don't know how many homes the Big Ten network is available in. But the Pac-12 is a measly $18 million. That's nowhere near enough, you know? And you talked about the lack of a deal with DirecTV. I mean, it's just been mismanaged so that you you couldn't optimize what the opportunity is. Uh, We have some uh, breaking news. Let's see. Bruce Feldman of The Athletic, longtime college football reporter Gordon, says sources. The Pac-12 is expected to announce it is going to play a conference-only slate of games for all sports this fall in the regular season. Mm. Uh, Well, they're, they're having a meeting as we speak, are they not? Well, something's leaking out of it to Bruce Feldman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's been the expectation. I talked to a couple people earlier this week, and they they said it's a near certainty. Well, and that means uh, Jay Couch is is just tweeting out now that's three more scheduled BYU football games. So five out of their six P5 games uh, now look to be canceled. Uh, What's left? The last P5 game left is Mizzou. Oh. Yeah. And that's the SEC, who mm-hmm. who wants to play non-conference games, and so far they've been vocal about that, if possible, of course. But they, they're not closing the door on that quite yet. You know, when we talked with Greg Rubel, when he <laughs> we okay, so if the P5 teams don't want to play BYU or won't play BYU, what happens if the group of five start talking like that? Then what's BYU going to do? They're going to play Army? Well, they they probably have to play Liberty? independent yeah independent schools multiple times. Um, if I were BYU, I'd maybe try and set up some regional uh, FCS games. Maybe you get you put Weber or SUU on the schedule if you could. Hmm. Maybe play Montana, yeah. Montana State, or something like that. Or maybe you know, I uh, Tom Homo has a is, is he's got a tough job, Gordon. He's got yep. a tough job in normal circumstances. Well, a lot of people have something against Notre Dame because I, I, I've seen some articles where people just, uh, Notre Dame is getting the headache it deserves now, you know, the heck with them. But they'll find a way because they're Notre Dame. Well, BYU's not Notre Dame. No, so the ACC this... is, is going to bend over backwards for Notre yep. Dame. I don't feel yeah. bad for Notre Dame. I wish they yeah. would get into a league. I wish BYU would get into a league. But I, I don't feel bad for for Notre Dame. The, the, I feel bad for BYU. I mean, Tom Homo is going to have to scramble. Well, they went from having one of the best schedules they've ever had to now it's going to be piecemeal. So, if if you were BYU, would you uh, you know get the sick the attorneys on it? I don't know. I'm not an attorney, but uh, I I can see some problems rising. 
and I don't know how all this is going to be worked out. You brought up an interesting thing earlier in the show, Jake, that maybe these these schools that are going to bail, maybe they will make provisions on down the line to mitigate that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I can see these schools going after uh, some of the schools that are bailing. You know what I'd do, Gordon, if I were Tom Homo? I'd I'd march right over to the law school, and I'd get up in front of all the, the law students, and I'd say, guess what, everyone? We have a new project. It's called <laughs> it's called Operation Save Football Games. Let's go. Well, it's written into some of the contracts, an act of God or something. You know, I forget the exact terminology. I've read some of them. And, uh, and I think, okay, well, COVID-19, that's kind of a, a, an unpredictable thing. Nobody knew that was coming. But the schools that are bailing are still playing football. It's not like they're canceling all their games, at least not yeah. so far. So that, as we said earlier, if you if you can play one game, I can see in a court of law the argument being made, well, if you could play that game, you can play this game. And if you're not, then you're going to be penalized for it. All right. Coming up next, we'll get to the Not Sports Report. The coach, Gordon Chiesa, is going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We are live here at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Come on by and see us. It is time now for another back-to-basketball update. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Jazz returned to practice today for practice number two in the bubble in Orlando. In fact, it is uh, going on as we speak. Let's hear from Carmelo Anthony who uh, is talking about the tests and uh, undergoing testing in the bubble. Everybody's going to be tested mentally. Everybody's going to be tested emotionally. It's going to be a lot of things that's going on still as while we're down there in the world that we're going to be paying attention to. So everybody is going to have their own thing that they're doing and, and saying and messaging that they have. All right, other NBA news and uh, notes. Zion Williamson's stepfather solicited and accepted a $400,000 payment from a marketing agent in October 2018 prior to Williamson's only season with the Duke Blue Devils, according to a court motion uh, and sworn affidavit filed by his former marketing representative's attorneys in federal court earlier today. Uh, that is another back-to-basketball update brought to you by our friends at Zions Bank. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This may never start We could fall apart And not be your memory Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott coming at you live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we headed today? We're going to Colorado. Okay, our neighbor to the uh, east. Yes, we are. By the way, the governor there, 
had a message uh, to uh, folks in Colorado, and it uh, is four words. Wear a damn mask. Interesting. Anyway, the two stories I have from Colorado are both stories with animals involved. Okay. A man in Aspen, Jake, a place you have been. My brother lived there. Yep. Very nice. Well, he was sleeping in his home in an area called Castle Creek and uh, snoozing away. And he was awakened rudely. Now, have you ever been awakened rudely in the middle of the night? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What happened? Uh, let me think. I've I've been awakened rudely. Oh, there's a story I can't tell. <laughs> has Has Naz ever awakened you uh, in a rush? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I mean, sure. I've I've definitely awakened her rudely by uh, all uh, the, this time when I got up to go to the bathroom and I absolutely just mangled my shin on the corner of oh. our bed. Oh, that and, hurts! Uh, I I I may have yelped and and awoken her. Well, this man is snoozing away in his home. He's in his house, and he was awakened by the attack of a bear. Hmm. A bear got into his house and gave him a swipe across the head and the neck, which caused severe lacerations and caused uh, him to be taken to the hospital and uh, undergo surgery. That's that's frightening. I mean, you'd think you'd be safe in your house. And the other story is also from Colorado. It's a woman who... Was it, live, it lives in an apartment complex, and they were doing some construction uh, at the at the apartment complex, and uh, uh, you know uh, making some improvements and whatnot. But it left a hole in one of her walls. Hmm. Well, guess what came visiting her house? Snakes. Jeez, not one. Not two, not a few here and there, 25 snakes That's came into her house. That's totally and, frightening. Oh, and she's got, she's, and a lot of people are afraid of snakes. And, uh, but anyway, I mean, there's a picture of them. They're like crawling around along the baseboards and under furniture. And uh, it freaked the, 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 the apartment uh, the person, the woman who lives in the apartment, freaked her out. She said, "I'm up at four in the morning, and I stay up until I literally fall asleep because she's constantly looking for snakes." She wanted her money back. She wanted to get out of there, but apparently, the complex owners have uh, accommodated and have gone in there and have uh, corrected the situation. So she thought she was going to have to move. But I'll tell you, if I found 25 snakes in my house, I'd be out of here. All right. Which which would you rather have a problem with? Which would you take in this circumstance, the snakes or the bear? Hmm. <laughs> well, it sounds funny to say, but I might, I might take the bear. 
I think I'm taking the bear. I don't think it sounds funny to right, say. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'm taking the bear, man. Yeah, 25 snakes. It doesn't say what kind of snakes they are, but, I mean, uh, if you're in Aurora, Colorado, you know, you might have some rattlers in there. Uh, and I don't want to deal with that. All right, uh, we're live here at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Coach Gordon Chiesa going to join us coming up next, but joining the show now, our good friend Tom, and we're hooking listeners up, saving them a bunch of money. Boom. Exactly. I'm uh, I'm excited uh, for basketball, and I had a customer just call and said, I just heard you on the radio. What's the deal with the queen adjustable? We have a queen adjustable with all the features for twelve ninety nine. This is, and I just showed you a mattress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This mattress is that latex hybrid, the really nice one. The twins are like six hundred bucks. The mattresses that are queens are like, we sell it for ten ninety nine across the street. They're thirty four hundred bucks. The base by itself is twenty seven hundred dollars. So, bottom line. Twelve hundred ninety nine bucks. Amazing. But they said at the end of the conversation that they're going to come down either tonight or tomorrow, and they're going to look at uh, the adjustable bed. But they said, ask Gordon, ask Jake, are they going to televise the scrimmages? Oh, I hope so. We don't know yet, but I, I would doubt it. I don't know. What do you think, Gordon? Uh, I've I don't know. I have no way of knowing right now. We're yeah. just waiting. It'd be cool that, if they that did. would be great TV, yeah. especially everybody who's begging it. Um, anyway, so for the customer who called and asked, there's the question. We don't know yet. Hmm. All Ans- right, answer answered. We also have uh, these beautiful real leather contemporary mid-century classic sofas. They're kind of a I don't know. You call that a sexy gray? Yeah, it's very nice. Very contemporary. Yeah. Uh, regular $3,900. And this is that famous hardware company. Uh, rather than pay 3900 bucks, we're going to do it for 1299 and we're going to give it to you and one, the love seat for free. Awesome. And then we have the sectionals. Uh, the ottoman by itself is five feet wide by three feet. Uh, three-piece set, the entire deal, for nine ninety nine, And then the, the brown reclining sectional that has the LED lights. This is perfect for a family. Not 2900 bucks. How about 1299 Wow. So come and see us. We've got deals all weekend, but the, the adjustable deal, if you've been waiting, don't wait anymore because the prices have gone up and uh, inventory is tight because of the virus made all of the subcomponents that get made overseas got them delayed. So that's where we are. All right. Get by. Uh, take advantage of it. 86 East University Parkway. It's the warehouse. Coach Gordon Chiesa next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.